We're just so thankful that you've tuned in today. And I believe that I have a word from the Lord to encourage you today, to give you some strength today. And so last week I was sharing with you, and it was really this one main thought, is that to never trade what you know for what you don't know. In other words, don't trade what you know from Scripture. Don't trade the promises of God for even these moments of of anxiety, these moments of the unknown, all the stress that's happening right now. Don't let go of the things that you do know because you're so worried about the things that you don't know, the things you can't see, the things that are happening all around us right now. And so I just want to encourage you with that. And so I would say it this way is that not to live in a place of speculation. Don't live in a place of the what ifs. Live in a place of faith in God, faith for God. And so because here's the truth is that God sees you right now. God sees you. God knows where you're at. God knows what you're facing. God knows what's on your heart. God knows what's weighing you down. And it's a great time. You don't want to run from God. You want to run to God during these moments. I mean, we always want to run to God, but especially in moments like this. Don't pull away and don't back off your faith. And so, you know, the reality is, is that we choose how we live. We choose what we believe. We do every day. We choose our mindset. We choose the lens by which we see things. And we can either see them by our ability to to do things and to help make circumstances better. Or we can look at it through the lens of that God is helping me with my circumstances. It's not just me trying to do this. And so, you know, I I don't want it to make it sound like that I'm just saying that we should live a more positive life or that, you know, we just simply need to be more positive in our thinking and just speak good words. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we should use our faith, our belief that God is true to his word. This is not fantasy world. This is real life. This is reality things. And so, you know, I mean, I realize that circumstances may not be what you want or what you even need right now. But this is what I want to encourage you with this morning is that by your faith, by your trust in God, you can actually see your circumstances begin to change. Now, I realize some of you may have lost a job. Some of you may have lost income. Some of you may have a lot of unknowns happening right now. But I'm telling you, I promise you from God's word, if you will trust him, walk with him, listen for his wisdom, your circumstances can change. Is that what your circumstances are right now don't have to be uh, what they are. They can begin to move in a better direction, even in the midst of chaos. You know, none of this surprises God, and we need to be reminded of that. I would encourage you, if you haven't lately, go read Hebrews chapter 11, and we call it the Hall of Faith. And it's really the story about all these people that believed God and saw God do some amazing things. But there's one phrase that's repeated over and over and over again, which is, by faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did that. By faith, this was accomplished. By faith, God did this. It's by faith, by us believing and trusting that God is working, is that God is good. I would encourage you, if you didn't get a chance to, to look at it, to watch it, go back and watch last week's message. I believe it will encourage you. And so, you know, I believe that we can look at this moment right now in one of two ways. I talked about having a lens or how we see what's happening right now. And I believe that we can look at it really in, in one of two senses. And so it can either be, we can look at this and say, man, this is a massive, overwhelming obstacle. Like, man, this is too big. This is too great. And it's just overwhelming. It's like trying to scale a wall that you look at and you're like, this is just too big for me. Or we can look at it as an opportunity. We can look at this as a moment that, man, my faith is being challenged, but anytime there's resistance, there's also an opportunity for growth. 
And so we can look at it. Either it's an obstacle or it's an opportunity. You know, God didn't create this disease. But I believe that God will work in the midst of this moment. And God will work in spite of this disease. I believe that what, exactly what the Bible says is that what the enemy intended for evil, what the enemy has intended for harm, God will turn and use for our good. And so we can be confident in these things. And so I want to share a scripture with you out of James chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 2. And he says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties... Right now, a lot of us are facing difficulties. We're facing things that just seem too great. But he says, and I love this, he says, so when you're facing difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity, not an obstacle. Look at it as an opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, I want to tell you from Scripture, even in the midst of this moment, we can experience joy. Now, I know that that may seem strange and, and that may seem like, what do, you, what do you mean have joy in this moment, man? We have isolation going on. We have separation going on. We have all these things, all these limitations, and it seems like there's no answers. And, and yet, because why? My joy doesn't come from the external circumstances. My joy comes from the inside. It comes from my spirit, man. It comes from the life of God on the inside of us. And that's true for every one of us. If we put our, our faith in Christ, we have that. So he says here, that even in the difficulties, we can have an invaluable opportunity to, opportunity to experience the greatest joy. He says, for you know when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure. Now, it doesn't mean to survive. I believe that we can thrive in this moment, but we can what endure. In other words, we can come through all things. Enduring is not just like, whoo, man, I'm glad I made it through. No, enduring is saying, man, I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to use it as an opportunity like a trampoline to spring me into what God has for me. He goes on and he says, then as your endurance grows, even or as your endurance grows stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. See, this is an opportunity for us to use our faith muscle. I mean, Faith is like a muscle. If I went to the gym every day and started lifting weights all the time, guess what's going to happen? My, my endurance, first of all, is going to grow. My muscles are going to begin to grow. My strength is going to begin to grow. Why? Because I committed to the process. I didn't wait for the results to show up to say, is this going to work? No, I committed to the process. I, I, I walked it out and I'm able to what? Endure. Well, we can endure this moment. This is not the end of the world. This is not, you know, the world is not going to fall apart. We have, you know, in my lifetime, I've lived through multiple times where we thought the world was going to end. And guess what? We're still here. We are going to get through this. We are going to see God work in the midst. And, and I would encourage you in the verse, actually in the very next verse, picking up in verse 5. And this may be where you're at today. It says, if you need wisdom... If you're facing things right now that you don't know what to do, you don't have an answer for, then that's okay. What you need is you need wisdom. And the Bible says if you need wisdom, in James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, he says, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. You may be facing a layoff. You may be facing some uncertainty. Ask God for wisdom because God will make a way in this moment for you, but it's his wisdom that's going to get you through. It says that he will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. It says when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unstable as the wave of the sea that is um, blown and tossed by the wind. 
See, I believe a lot of people are being blown around right now by circumstances. Things are, you know, kind of hitting and, and things are every day. We see more negative on the news. I mean, every day you get on, on, a, on the web, you know, and, and what do you see? You see a new number of people who have died in the last 24 hours. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that cycle. And that's what we focus on versus the faithfulness of God versus what we know uh, Scripture to be. Now, I'll tell you this, and, and, and I know this to be true in my own life, and I'm going to give you an example of this in a moment, but I believe that we are at our worst when we're fearful. We're not at our best. I believe we make bad decisions. I, I believe that fear does this. I believe that fear makes us irrational. I think it even makes us paranoid. I think that what fear does is it takes us into the future, and it gives us a worst-case scenario. That's what fear does. That's how it operates. And so I want to give you kind of a funny example of this from my own life, but I think that it will help you to connect with what I mean by this. Because as I said, I believe we're at our worst when we're fearful. But, you know, when I was a kid, young teenager, uh, there, was a sh- there was actually two shows that came on on Friday nights. And they came on back to back, and it was like this perfect cocktail of fear in my life. And so there were times that, and I don't know why, but I would, my parents would be out on a date or whatever, my sisters would be gone, and inevitably I would be sitting at home by myself on a Friday night. And I can remember it being in the fall, so it would already be getting dark, because in the summertime I would have been out doing something else. But at this particular moment that I'm thinking of, it was dark, and so I would always go to these two shows and I'd watch them. I don't know why I did, but I'll tell you what they were. They were America's Most Wanted. And unsolved mysteries. And I don't know why nor what I would watch. But I remember sitting on the couch completely freaked out. Thinking, man, there's the guy who was on unsolved mysteries. And now the, they're looking for him. And he was in Florida. But today, man, he's in Louisiana with me. And he's going to come to the door. And today I'm going to die. And I can remember even having thoughts like, if I just sit really still, maybe they won't see me. And I'm just like paralyzed by this fear. Now, they were totally irrational thoughts. I mean, if, if, if anybody would have knocked on the window, I would have jumped out of my skin, no doubt about it. I mean, I couldn't wait for anybody to get home. Because I just, I, I didn't, and what made it worse was I was alone. And see, the thing is, is that uh, any time that we have that sense of, of being alone, it's going to magnify our fears. And right now, you can have that sense of being alone. Why? Because we're having to social distance. We're having to not engage with people. We're having to limit contact. All of these things that make us feel like human beings, we're kind of having to push aside. I mean, you go to the store, you think differently. You, you, you know, is this person too close to me? And you kind of get paranoid and you're like, man, if somebody sneezes, I can't run away fast enough. And you got all these thoughts that are coming at you. But again, it's because you feel alone. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, is just because we're in a time of social distancing, don't fall into a place of isolation. Reach out, make a contact, call the friend, call somebody, call, ask for prayer. I mean, if you're dealing with fear, reach out. Don't just suffer in silence. Don't allow yourself to live in isolation. No, you need that connection. And so, I believe that it's very important for us to do this. Now, I, I believe that many of you can, can connect with my, with my childhood memory of America's Most Wanted. And, you know, they had the creepy host. They had all those things. And it just made it even worse for me. You know, it, but it is crazy how when fear sets in. Now, there, I'm not saying that, we're, that we shouldn't be concerned or take precautions. Yes, we should do those things. But when fear sets in, it will make us irrational. It will make you make decisions that you would have never made previously. 
It will make you paranoid. You're going to see things that aren't even there. I swore somebody was standing outside of my window with a knife just ready to get me. You know, well, it was completely, I was, it was just paranoia. And that's what fear does. It takes us into the future and shows us something bad that's going to happen. And so, you know, let me give you another one, another example that I, that I think will help to connect what I'm sharing. Have you ever had a moment where you had a symptom in your body? Like, I'll use this one as an example. Is maybe you sneeze right now and you're like, oh my gosh. And so you jump online and you're looking at, at all these things. And, and, and all of a sudden your mind goes to this worst case scenario. And before you know it, you've got online, you, you've self-diagnosed, and now you're convinced you've had a heart attack. And the truth is, is you have seasonal allergies. But because you looked at something, it fed into that fear, and man, it just catapulted. You know, it just sprung you into this place of fear where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? See, the... The thing is, is that we need to think differently. And the truth is, and you may be here today and you may say, man, I would love to be in faith. I just don't know how. Well, let me share a truth with you that a good friend of mine, one of our pastors here that's in Life United shares. He says, and it's Pastor John Welch, and he says, if you can have fear, then you can have faith. Because the same belief that it takes to be in fear is the same belief that it takes to be in faith. The difference is, is what are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your circumstances? Are you trusting in God? Who are you looking to in this moment? And you may be thinking, man, I would love to be in faith. I just don't know how. Well, I want to share some things with you in the next few minutes that I believe can help. I believe this is the starting line of getting into faith. Uh, And so... I'm going to share two words with you. You know, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about faith and fear. Well, I want to give you two more words today that are they're different words, but I, I believe that, that they're both uh, really are affected by faith and fear. The first one is hope. Having hope. Right now, man, we need hope. If, if, if we as people have ever needed hope, this is another one of those moments. You know, and that word hope, I mean, it even just, even when we say it, when we think it, it just, we have this idea of like sunshine and like warm, like the warmth of the sun on us. I mean, it just does something. Now that word hope means this, it's an expectation. It means to expect with confidence. Like, I mean, if fear takes you into the future and shows you something negative, hope takes you into the future and shows you something good. They're, they're different. And so here's, and I love this definition, and I thought it was very interesting. It was an alternate definition, but it says, someone, someone, or something on which hopes are centered or focused. Now, right now, we need to have our hope centered and focused on one, which is Christ. Why? Because the Bible says he died for us. That he took on the penalty. He took on the weight of sin. Why? So that we could now live in freedom. Now there's another word in scripture that contrasts hope. And this is really what happens if, if, faith, or if fear goes unchecked. It will actually lead us into a place of despair. Now despair, if hope is light and sunshine and and the warmth of the rays, then despair is like midnight. It's dark. It's gloomy. It's cold. I mean, they're like polar opposite ends of the spectrum here. Now, by definition, despair is this. It's an utter loss of hope. It really means to lose all hope and to lose all confidence. So hope is what? Hope gives us confidence. It's an expectation with confidence. Despair is actually a removal of all confidence, of all hope. And, And so we have to be careful because if our fears go unchecked, it will lead us into despair. And despair is not a place that we want to be. 
Nothing good will ever come out of that moment. But man, your fear will drive you there. I mean, think about even just the words themselves. When I say hope, what, how does that make your heart feel? If I'm saying, hey, there's hope for you. What if I turned around and said, man, there's nothing but gloom and despair and agony. How does that feel? How does that sit in your heart? Like, even just the weight that you, I mean, even just me saying the words, it's like, oh, like, I just feel the pressure of that. But if I'm like, hey, we're going to make it through this. There is hope. There is a future. God is moving. It just kind of lightens up. And it's like, man, it kind of puts a little stiffness in your backbone. It's like, man, I can do this. I can walk through this moment. And I think it's so important. Now, I want to tell you a, a story personally of a time in my life where I had actually gotten into despair and I didn't even realize it until afterwards. Now, I'm going to condense the story quite a bit here, but, uh, you know, l- let me just paraphrase it. I'd gotten myself into a financial mess. I had playing the credit card game. I was trading one balance from this card to that card, and I was just moving money around, but I wasn't really paying off any debt. Well, I had a, a tremendous amount of debt. And I got to a place where I'd finally worked the system as good as I could. And I got to the place and I was like, man, I really, I don't know what to do here. And so I remember I called one of those, you know, uh, debt consolidation people. And I'm not saying anything negative per se about them, but I'm just telling you what happened. I called them and, and so they're running all my stuff. And, and the guy finally comes back and he's like, there's nothing I can do to help you. He's like, I don't know how you're paying so little on so much money. And that was kind of like, well, my last resort was to call these guys and, you know, hey, help me out in this moment. And then he told me, I can't help you. And I can remember like despair. Another word for despair would be depression. And look, and I... In my own life, I know what depression is like. I, I've battled it. I, I've, thankfully, I've, I, the Lord has helped me and I've come through it. And there is victory on the other side of that. And you may be in a place right now where, man, you're facing some things and it is just like a full court press on your mind and on your heart. And you're overwhelmed in this moment. Let me tell you, God is faithful. The same God that delivered me will deliver you. But you have to turn to Him. You have to look to Him. You have to put your trust in Him. Now, what happened in that moment was that I had actually had to, I, I, I faced reality because I'd been living in dream world. Like, oh, you know, one day I'm going to make, get a bunch of money and I'm going to take care of all this. And the truth was, is that the wisdom of God came and the wisdom of God came and that it, I had to, what, get a budget. Like I had to start paying a lot more attention. And, but God brought me the resources, the wisdom that I needed. God gave me favor in that moment. But man, there came that moment where I bottomed out. And there was despair. I mean, I remember sitting with my, my head in my hands going, what have I done? Like it looked like to me the only answer was to file bankruptcy. I, I didn't see another way out. I, I just thought, man, this is, I, I have put myself in a situation there's nothing I can do about it. And the truth was, that was the truth. I couldn't do anything about it. But God began to give me wisdom. God began to show me opportunities to do things. And many of them were small. They weren't huge things. But God was faithful. And over the course of about three, three and a half years, me and my wife were able to pay off all of that debt. Now, God didn't just magically say, you know, have a lottery ticket float across and land on my car and be like, here you go, go, go pay off your bills. That didn't happen. But God worked and God taught me so much through those three and a half years. And, and it was a test of my faith. But looking back on it now... I can see where I had actually lost my hope. I'd lost any idea or, or way to see anything different. 
All I could see was the despair of the moment. And you may be there, and I'm here to tell you, there is hope. You can make it through this moment. This does not, this moment does not have to define you. This moment does not have to take you out. Is that God will work in the midst of this moment in your life, in your family, so that you can come out and be stronger and be better in the end than when you started. And so I want to encourage you today is that we do our part and we trust God to do his part. We can't be God. And many times we get into, into trouble because we try to do that. We try to do and play God for ourselves. No, let God be God. You be you. Do your part and trust him to do his part. And he will do it. The Bible tells us, and it comes out of Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to add a word here. So I'm going to take a little liberty uh, here, but you'll understand why here in a second. But the scripture says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So I want to add one word. I want to replace two words and add one. Is that faith gives substance to the things hoped for. Now, if you don't have hope, if you don't have the ability to see a better future in your heart, then your faith actually has nothing to grab hold of. But here, faith gives substance to what? To what I hope for. For that, for that, that what I can see ahead of me is that, man, I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be overwhelmed. I can see a day that I am free. Okay, well, now your faith has something to grab hold of. That trust, that belief in God. The Amplified Bible adds this, and it says that faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by your physical senses. You know, you may wake up today or, you know, obviously you're awake today, but you may wake up tomorrow and you may say, I don't feel any different. But by faith, you get out of bed. By faith, you begin to think different. You may say, today is a good day. And that may be your declaration of faith. Today is going to be a good day. I know to, yesterday may not have been great. Last week may have been horrible. But this week, I'm going to have a good day. This, I'm going to have a good week. I don't care what's happening in the economy. I don't care what's going on. It's not going to change. Why? Because I have a hope that I have a God. I have a Father who loves me, who is for me, who is working to bring about my best in my life. And it's not just positive speaking. It's faith. Like the, because the thing is, if you'll begin to say those things, guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin to believe those things. Instead of, instead of saying things like, well, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, man, those, those, those hits just keep on coming, don't they? Man, we just got another report. No, you begin to speak God's word. You begin to speak God's truth over your life. And your faith will what? Begin to change your circumstances. This is true. This is reality for us. I've said it uh, earlier, but look, hope is very simply this. It's an expectation of something good happening. If you haven't uh, already, I would encourage you, go read Psalms 91. Man, that whole chapter, 16 verses, is full of promises to you from God for your best. And so it's important. Now I want to read you a scripture and and it comes out of Psalms 27. And I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. Now it's interesting to me the way that, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible, but the psalmist writes and he says, I would have despaired. There's that word. I would have despaired had I not believed. I would have despaired had I not believed. Another translation says, what would have become of me had I not believed? What would have become of me had I not believed? Another translation says it this way, I would have lost heart had I not believed. See, we we have this moment, and just as it says here, I would have gotten into despair. I would have gone not just in fear, I would have gone to a place where I'd lost all hope, except for the fact that I believed in God. 
And I love how it says, it says, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That might be something you need to start saying. That I will not despair because I have believed and I will see the goodness of God today. I will see the goodness of God in my life. I will see the goodness of God in my family. I will see the goodness of God in my business. I will see God work and I will see God move. And you need to begin to say those things. Why? Because, man, that is just stirring up your faith. It's stirring up that hope. You're getting a clear picture of the future. And God will move in spite of all these things. Here's the thing. God is not limited by this moment. Never believe that God is limited by this moment. No, our God is able. Our God is greater than coronavirus. Our God is greater than anything that we face. Our God is able and he is willing to work. And so it goes on here and I love this. So he says, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He says, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Take courage. Yes, wait for and, ex- and confidently expect the Lord. One of the greatest commandments that we see the most throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, all around, is this. Over and over and over, we hear the command. And again, it's commanded, it's not suggested. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. And it's usually followed with some version of this, which is fear not. Because why? There's a promise that is, I am with you. What a promise is that we are never alone. God is always with us. So we don't have reason to fear. Why? Because we serve a God who's able. We have a God who is able to do, the Bible says, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, and possibly even imagine. That's the God that we serve. And so I want to encourage you today. You know, here's another scripture for you. And this is Joshua who was facing a, a, a huge moment. His mentor just died and he becomes leader and he's overwhelmed. And God told him multiple times here in Joshua chapter 1. In in verse 9 specifically, he says, Be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He says, Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't, Don't let dismay come into your life. Why? Because God is with you. Now, I want to share one more thought and one more scripture with you before we go today. See, because right now, one of the things that we need is peace. See, we can have peace in the midst of circumstances. We can have peace in the midst of a storm. But here's the thing is that real peace, like real peace, is not a thing. It's not the absence of something. Real peace is the presence of someone. Now, I'm going to say that again, is that peace isn't the absent, absence of something. It is the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus. When we place it, why? Because the Bible says in, in Isaiah, one of the, the uh, prophecies about him says what? He is the prince of peace. The prince of peace. Jesus doesn't just have peace. Jesus is peace. And that's such a powerful truth for us. And I would encourage you, if you're needing peace today, what you really need is you need Jesus. And you say, well, I'm saved. Yeah, but if you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're being overwhelmed, what you need to do is you need some Jesus time. You know, me and my wife, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe when, when we're not communicating well and there's a moment of tension, we'll say that to each other. You need to go spend some time with Jesus. And the truth is, is that's exactly what we need to do. Why? Because we need that peace in our heart. Peace is not something, peace is someone. 
Now I want to share a verse with you from uh, John chapter 16 verse 33. This is Jesus himself speaking to the disciples. He's about to leave the earth. He's about to go to the death. I mean, we're about to celebrate Easter next week. And this is in the moments probably about this time, about a week in advance or so. And he says, I have told you these things because he had told them about what was going to happen. He says, so I've warned you, if you will. I'll take some liberty there. I've warned you so that what? So that in me you may have perfect peace. Perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. There's going to be distress. There's going to be some suffering. So Jesus didn't say, hey, there's never going to be a bump in the road. He says, no, you're going to have things. He says, but be courageous. Hold on to your hope. It goes on the Amplified Bible adds and says, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy because Christ, Jesus, has overcome the world. So I want to encourage you today. Look, I I want to pray with you. I believe that, that God's presence is here with us right now. And that His presence always comes with a purpose. And that's to help us. And so I believe that as I pray this morning, you may be dealing with depression. You may be dealing with anxiety. You may be dealing with, you may be in that place of despair. I believe that the power of that thing can be broken in a moment. You say, well, how do you know that? Because God did it for me. I was dealing with depression and God set me free in a moment. And I believe what God did for me, the Bible says he won't do for me that he won't do for you. And so as I pray today, I believe that the presence and the power of God is about to happen in your life. And you're going to begin to to sense things differently. And so I want to pray for you because I believe that God's going to work in your heart. So Father God, I thank you right now. Father, I thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you for your power. Father, you are a very present help in our time of need. And so Father, we thank you. We look to you. Father, we call upon you. Father, you said that you would come and that, Father, you would set the captives free. So, Father, I thank you for for your power, for your ability at work in our lives and for us right now. Father, I thank you that fear has to go, anxiety has to go, despair has no home in us. And, Father, I thank you that we live lives full of freedom and full of your peace. Father, I thank you that peace is not something that we're trying to find. But, Father, I thank you that that peace is our Savior, and it is Jesus, Father. So I thank you for all that you are doing right now for us and around us and in us. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.